Eve's Guide for Regular Guys. Tips and advice on developing confidence, embracing your style, and attracting the love and sex you want. Hello, hello, welcome back to Eve's Guide for Regular Guys. I hope you're doing well. I've been sick for the past month and I lost my voice completely during that time. I couldn't even squeak out anything. I had to whisper for about um, three weeks. And uh, as you can imagine, for a vocal performer, that's pretty terrifying. So <laughs> I'm glad to be back recording, even if I don't feel like I'm 100% back, at least I'm back most of the way, and that's, uh, that's good enough. So here it is, the next installment of the guide. Uh, I guess I don't, I don't want to call it the guide out of uh, deference to Douglas Adams. Maybe I'll just call it Eve's guide. Then. Okay. So um, this week, I want to talk to you a bit about some differences in attitudes and behavior between men and women um, to help you socialize better with women, be a better friend to them, be a better lover. And just overall, figure us out better. Because I know it's a daunting task. I know. I know that uh, quite often men are confused about how to behave around women. So I'm going to give you a couple of general tips, explain them a little, and hopefully that'll help. So I just want to say one quick thing about uh, some of the things I'm going to talk about. These days in particular, male behavior is under intense scrutiny. And I think most of it is really unfair and, um, frankly, sexist. Differences between men and women have always existed. Um, but it used to be called different things, different, they used to have different words for it, different terms for it, less insulting terms for it. Um, they used to say battle of the sexes, for example, that was popular in the seventies and the eighties, but now it's toxic masculinity. We used to say that men had a different style of conversation than women, um, that men liked to report and explain and conclude, and that women tended to like to analyze and understand and converse, that men would generally tackle a problem presented by someone and come up with solutions and ideas, whereas sometimes if he was talking to a woman, what she really wanted was just to talk about it. And this was usually summed up as Report versus rapport. Now it's called mansplaining. All of this used to be discussed kind of benevolently, you know, with a sort of an eye roll, like, oh, men or oh, women, <laughs> you know. And it was nowhere near the kind of hostility and sexism that we see now. Never before were men told how to sit on public transit, you know. Never before would someone have put the word toxic in front of masculinity or teach little boys in school that they're privileged males who need to be better and nicer, more self-sacrificing, never watch porn, you know, that kind of thing. Anyway, the points I'm going to bring up are meant in the spirit of the way things used to be, in the kinder and gentler past, when the world wasn't quite so hysterical and looking to be outraged or offended all the time. So just keep that in mind. None of this is intended to shame you for being a man. I just want to point out some differences between us that you might find confusing. 
And also, keep in mind that everything I say about women in these episodes refers to what I consider to be regular women, just like you guys are regular guys. You know, they're the kind of women that you work with, you go to school with, you, you live next to, things like that. Women that are pretty much like you, just nice, regular girls, if you know what I mean. I'm not going to try to tell you how to attract a, a famous supermodel, you know. I'm aiming for real women that you could have a wonderful relationship with. Okay, first up, the report versus rapport thing. I believe this is largely true. I'm just not really sure why. There are some theories that propose that it's an evolutionary thing, that women through the centuries usually spent their time in groups of other women and children, and therefore developed an appreciation and a skill for conversing, for teaching language to the children, for discussing feelings and ideas with children and with others. I also believe that the hormonal influence on women is tremendous. And my my source for this, I'm a woman. I mean, holy moly, do my hormones affect my emotions. But just look at postpartum depression and other problems associated with pregnancy and childbearing, not to mention PMS and and menopause. I think that people who want to claim that women aren't affected by their hormones are probably just overcompensating in retaliation against those misogynist types who like to use women's hormones as an excuse to disrespect them or not listen to them or justify their own bad behavior. You know, oh, you're just PMSing. I didn't do anything wrong. You know, that kind of thing. So if we grant that this is true, that women are both more emotional than men, more interested in feelings and nuance and subtlety, and that we generally like to talk about these things more, well, you can see why there's a bit of a disconnect here. If, as a man, you generally aren't like this, then you'll find it difficult to understand how to communicate with a woman who is like this. So, for instance, if a woman you care about is upset about a problem with a coworker, and wants to talk to you about it, or starts crying while you're talking, your first impulse might be, how can I fix this? How can I help? What can be done in this situation to make her feel better? It comes from love or affection or friendship or just a general desire to help her. I know. You don't want her to suffer anymore. So you think, okay, let's solve this. And so you start firing off ideas like just quit that job or, or just tell that person X, Y, Z, whatever. Or do you want me to go talk to him for you? You know, and, and while these suggestions may be exactly right and very good advice, she might just glare at you and say, God, I know. Okay. I'm not stupid. I know I could quit or, or, you know, she just generally get irritated with your suggestions and you're left stinging because you were offering her help and she just snapped at you. Now you don't know what to say because these were your best ideas for how to help. And now she's mad and more upset than before. And now you're getting upset and yeah. Okay. So here's a few ideas. If you want to understand what's, what's going on and really help that is when you start talking to a woman about a problem, Chances are good that if she truly wants your opinion or advice about what to do in a situation, she will come right out and say so. She will say, what would you do if you were me? Or she'll say, I don't know what to do. I have two choices and I can't decide. Help me decide. Or 
what do you think I should do in this situation? So if you hear any sort of introduction like this, anything uh, involving asking for your help or your opinion or your advice, then feel free to tell her what you would do or what you think she should do. Because in this case, she knows all the potential choices she has, but she's having a tough time deciding and she wants your opinion. Or else she doesn't know something or how to do something and she wants your expertise in a certain area. But if, on the other hand, she starts saying, I have just had the worst day. I just can't stand my my professor. Uh, you know what he said to me today? Or, or if she says something like, oh, my sister's driving me crazy with her wedding stuff. I can't believe she sent me this list of things to do for the wedding. Doesn't she know how swamped I am? Or I just had a run in with our neighbor about the dog barking. And I can't believe she had the nerve to tell me to get stuffed. You know, this is just venting. This is her just wanting to talk about an upsetting situation, her needing a friendly ear, a sounding board, you know. This is just her releasing her emotions. And possibly it's a way for her to sort out in her own mind how she feels about it and and what she thinks she ought to do about it. This is not her asking for your opinion or advice about how to solve it. She wants support and commiseration. And this last is, is the most important. You've heard that expression, misery loves company. Well, it's sort of like that. She, she just wants you to agree that she's going through something rough and, and she wants you to feel upset along with her, at least, at least to a small degree. So if she tells you something nasty that her professor did, you could say, that guy sounds like a complete asshole. I'm sorry you had to deal with that. Or something like that. Empathy, in other words. Imagine how she's feeling. Imagine how you would feel if someone really upset you. It doesn't matter if a remark from a teacher wouldn't upset you. It's upsetting her. So try to be empathetic to that. You can also ask follow-up questions. Women tend to do this with each other. You could then say, wow, I can't believe he had the balls to say that. What did you say back? Or, or you know, ask her to tell you more. I know in your mind you might be thinking, okay, here's what to do. But this isn't what she wants, at least not right this minute. Maybe in a few minutes after she's vented a little and seen she has an emotional ally in you, she, she might then start trying to figure out what concrete things to do, and she might ask you for your opinion. But before she asks, don't volunteer. Just listen. Just try to put yourself in her shoes and express emotion of your own about what she's going through. Let me stress, you do not have to overdo this. You don't have to turn into a quivering mass of jello on the couch, weeping with her and bitching about her professor, you know. Just a simple statement like the ones I mentioned will do. And then just listen. It's all she needs. Now, another quick point about this, which is sort of related. If a woman calls you on the phone, especially for no predetermined reason, don't pick up the phone and say, Hi, what's up? This is something men do all the time. Because I presume you're assuming, rightly so, that if someone has taken the trouble to phone you, she must have a reason to want to talk to you. And you want to know what she wants, which is fine. It's reasonable. It makes sense. But if you just jump right to basically saying, what do you want <laughs> when she phones you, it makes her feel like you aren't glad to hear from her. Remember how important a role emotions play in women's lives. 
She doesn't want to feel like an intrusion or like you are unhappy to hear from her. Here's a bit of homework for you. In fact, the next time you're around a woman who makes or receives a phone call, like your mom, your sister, whatever, listen to the first few seconds of the conversation. Listen to how she responds, especially if the other person is a woman. She'll very likely go like, hi, how are you? Sounding like she's really kind of crazy happy, you know, or like she just hasn't heard from that person in years. Now, yes, sometimes women are just as capable of kind of grunting. Hey, yeah, what? Yeah, what do you want? You know, <laughs> but most of the time women will express a positive emotional reaction when someone calls them or when they call someone and, and that other person expresses a positive emotional reaction. This is just pure emotion. This is just a pure sense of belonging and friendship. It reinforces relationship ties and makes a woman feel valued and loved, to be honest. So if you just snap, what do you want? You know, which is what she hears when you say, what's up? Well, she doesn't get to feel any of those things. And you want her to. You want any woman in your life to feel good when she calls you. No matter why she's calling you as well, if it's just a talk or if it's a, if it's a quick call to arrange tomorrow's carpool, this is what you should do. I'll give you, <laughs> I'll give you some, an example. I'm going to do some serious acting now here. Pay attention. This is going to be great. Okay. Your phone rings. You pick up. Hello. And you hear, hi, I want to talk to you about work tomorrow. Now this is the time for you to go. Hey, how are you? Okay. So even if you just know her from work, it's, it's okay to do this. This just gives her the impression that you like her and that she's not bothering you. This kind of thing applies in other areas too, um, which I won't get into too much because I think once you understand the concept, you'll, you'll see it for yourself in other things. One example comes to mind. Um, a woman that I knew once told me that when she had been dating her husband for about a year, he gave her a present for her birthday and she was excited thinking that it might be something romantic or special, you know, or he might even propose or something like that. Then she opened the present. It was jumper cables. He had noticed that, that she had no jumper cables in her car, and he wanted her to have them in case she ever needed to boost a dead battery. Now, the thing is, I do find this, this sweet and romantic. He obviously cared about her and wanted to make sure she had what she needed when she was out driving. It was pure protectiveness and and caring, and I found it charming, and she did too, when she was telling the story. But of course, all the women around her laughed and rolled their eyes with that, oh, men kind of thing, you know? Because women want an emotional response for a special day or, or occasion. They want romance and declarations and, and the sharing of feelings. This woman had wanted flowers or jewelry or some other kind of established, you know, typical symbol of a man's love. And while he was absolutely showing her that he loved her, wanting her to be safe in her car, it's not the typical emotional expression that most women are looking for. Okay, so moving on. We've gone through mansplaining and, and report versus rapport very well. So the next thing I want to discuss just a little is some of the differences between us when it comes to sex. I know this is way too huge a topic to cover in like half an episode, but I just want to touch on a small part of it. 
I'm talking about the desire for sex, mostly. The reason you're looking for a woman in the first place. Now, here's where it gets a little tricky, so bear with me. I always want to make sure that I'm being clear so you don't misunderstand or think that I'm being unfair. I know that the majority of men are looking for some kind of relationship and not just sex. I know that most men are smart enough to realize that there are some very real advantages to having a loving partner for support and companionship and stress relief and cuddles and fun and friendship as as well as regular sex. So I'm not suggesting men are all just dogs out looking to get laid. But women, right or wrong, tend to see men as being much hornier, much more driven sexually, and much more desperate for sex than we are. Now we probably get this notion from our teenage years, when the boys around us were just walking boners, really, pretty much all the time. Um, <laughs> teenage girls know very well what it's like to be around a guy who is just hanging for it. You know, there's this kind of wild kind of need just emanating from young men that you could cut with a knife, it's so thick. Now, whether it's social conditioning or something biological in us, we're either better at reining in and controlling our own lust, or we're just better at tempering it with other considerations. It's not that we don't want sex, we do, very much so. It's just that in general, we don't seem to have the same urgent, nothing else matters need for it, at least in general. Because of this, we're also less likely to view sex as something we would have with just anyone at any time. Men tend to give us the impression that they're just looking for a warm female body and that they really don't care about the woman herself, provided she's attractive. Any hot girl will do, basically. And that if he does find us attractive, then he sees no reason why we shouldn't go straight to the sex, right? I mean, why wait? There's sex to be had. Why are we going roller skating? <laughs> why do I have to go see your, your brother's new baby? We, we could be having sex. <laughs> This kind of thing really puts a woman off and she starts to think of you as a, as a you know, quote, pervert or horn dog. Um, Pamela Anderson once broke up with a, a male model she was dating because, as she said, he just wanted to have sex all the time. And it's not hard to imagine why. I mean, he's thinking, I'm hot, you're hot, let's, let's have sex, right? But, <laughs> but she, like most women... Would, was turned off by that. She saw this as a flaw in him. And I believe it's not because he was interested in sex, but rather because he seemed to let sex take over his life to the point where he didn't want to do anything else. This is also true for guys who become obsessed with doing certain sexual acts, usually influenced by porn that they see. You know, they've seen their favorite porn star do this, that, and the other, and they want to do it for real. Sex for the sake of sex, basically, which is often a turn-off for women. I mean, a woman may very well want to do these kinds of things too, but she's not usually scheming ways to talk someone into doing it because she's just dying to do it for its own sake. She wants to try it maybe as part of a fun relationship with someone that she likes, loves, trusts, that kind of thing. It's never really the end goal for a woman. It's just one thing among many with the right person, usually. The best analogy I can think of 
Well, I mean, analogies are never really great because it's always an exception, but you know, as they go, this is the best one I can think of. Imagine you know someone who really loves eating. I mean, you love eating too, who doesn't, right? But this person is just obsessed and wants to eat all the time. He talks about food all the time. He has a Pinterest full of food recipes. He has a terabyte drive full of food pictures and videos. <laughs> he's always, he's always trying to get you to eat with him. And when you tell him, yeah, okay, you know, but there are other things in life besides food, he just says, oh, but it's so good. I can't help it. I, I don't understand why you don't want it all the time too. At some point, you're going to think he's a bit unbalanced. You're going to think he's a bit too focused on this one pleasurable thing and, and he's letting it take over his life. And if he starts pressuring you to eat all the time, it starts to make you feel less like eating, even though you do like it. So if you make it clear to a woman that you are obsessed with sex or porn, you know, another offshoot of this, that you're only talking to her so you can maneuver her to the bedroom or into doing certain things you've seen, she will be turned off. Not because she's a prude or because she doesn't find you attractive or because she hates sex. It's because this is a red flag about your character and your character is important to us. We're much more likely to be looking for a relationship than just sex. And that means we want to know and like you as a person, as well as as a sexual partner. So if you show us immediately that you have like sex on the brain and you don't show us any other part of yourself as a normal human being, we tend to get turned off. A good example of this is the dick pic phenomenon. This seems to illustrate this perfectly. A guy who takes a picture of his erect cock is obviously thinking about sex and is under the impression that the woman he sends a picture to is thinking about it too. He thinks, okay, hey, I look pretty big and hard. This looks pretty impressive. If I were a woman, I'd be impressed with this specimen. So I'll just send it to her so that she can see what she could have. Well, <laughs> the implication is, of course, that if all goes well, she's just going to be completely blown away and sex will follow. But this is based on nothing more than a body part. The guy is assuming that a woman is as focused on physical sex as he is and that any old guy with a hard dick will do. Just like we assume any old woman with a pair of great knockers will do for him. So he's already making it clear. Look, honey, I'm all about the nookie, you know? <laughs> I don't care who you are, what you're about, whether we like each other personally. None of that matters. Look at my dick, you know? <laughs> I like your tits. Look at my cock. Let's fuck, you know? <laughs> so not only is he obsessed with sex, he's also showing her he doesn't really care about her at all and probably never will. Now, I know, of course, most men do not send dick pics. Of course, of course, of course, I know this. I know most men are pretty respectful and nice when they're getting to know a woman. They aren't pushy sexually, and they really are interested in getting to know her. I know this. I'm just trying to explain why women seem to shy away from any sexual contact, or even the hint of it at first, and why it's important to balance out how you let her know that you're interested. I did discuss these things in a previous episode or two, so you know, about how you can let her know you're interested and find her attractive without overdoing it. So listen to those again if you want to revisit this. Now, staying on the subject of sex without making this episode nine hours long and um, <coughs> without challenging my scratchy voice too much, 
I've gotten the impression from a lot of guys that they're very concerned about performance in general terms. Men seem to be overly concerned about the main event and living up to standards and all that kind of thing. Some guys are very worried about premature ejaculation or erectile dysfunction. Some are worried about their size. Some are worried about not being able to please a woman. Lots of worries. And I can tell you, generally speaking, the only thing women worry about when it comes to sex is what we look like. Take everything you worry about when it comes to sex and condense it down to one thing, your appearance. That would be us. Some women won't get fully naked in front of even their husbands. Some women won't have sex with the lights on. Some won't have sex if they gain five pounds. Some women are so worried about what they look like that they never let themselves fully enjoy sex. They won't allow certain acts or positions because they're afraid of what they'll look like doing it. I don't know if guys ever worry about this to this degree. I doubt it. <laughs> but this is what we worry about. Women almost never worry about their performance, so to speak. I think we get the impression from men that sex is like pizza. Even when it's bad, it's good. You know, that there's really no way to give a man a bad time in bed. That's the assumption. I'm sure that's wrong, um, but but that's what a lot of women believe. I think it's because we assume that men are so horny that they'll feel lucky just to have any woman at all, and that they'll get off no matter what. We never, ever, ever worry about making a man come. Never. We just assume he will. We don't assume we will, but that's that's another story. <laughs> but here's the good news. We don't place a lot of importance on the things you seem to worry about. Most women really don't care how big your dick is, how hard it gets, doesn't get. Remember, porn and erotica is fantasy meant to heighten your imagination. It doesn't mean that you apply what you see or hear to your real-life partner and expect the same fireworks. A real person that you care about is so much more than an image on a screen. And your intimate moments with them are about so much more than just body parts doing certain things. So for a woman... If you have trouble getting an erection with her, if you have a bit of trouble with stamina and you come too soon, as far as you're concerned, these are not a big deal to us. We just sort of go with the flow and figure that there are lots of other things that we can do together. If you need some time to get hard or to recover from coming before you can get hard again, well, that's when you can delight us with your mouth or your fingers. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> or we can just lie together and cuddle until the time is right. Whatever, you know? Remember, women and emotions. We love feeling connected to you, intimate and close. Moments like that during sex, even what you would consider problems, can actually make us feel closer to you. The thing we don't like about sex is when you're cold and emotionless and selfish about it, just getting off and not caring about our pleasure or our feelings. But that's about it. Now, I know some people have said that they've They've seen comments on Reddit and other places where some women will will say, no, the truth is I really need a guy with a big dick and all this kind of thing. And all I can say is, yeah, of course there's going to be some women who are like that, obviously. Just like there are some men who are going to require that a girl looks a certain way or or does certain things in bed or has a certain size chest or or... You know, <laughs> yes, this is going to happen with some people. And we're not talking about those people. 
you are not that kind of guy and you are not looking for that kind of girl. So don't assume that the regular, nice, average, wonderful woman that you're trying to meet is going to be anything like the women who leave these comments. Most women aren't. So please don't worry about your performance. Focus instead on being with us, on expressing your feelings and your desires, and on enjoying yourself, because that's what we really want. Okay, and the last thing I'm going to mention is nervousness. Shyness, nervousness, self-consciousness, whatever you want to call it. I know a lot of guys are worried about this too, and I have talked about this before in other um, other episodes, I think. But in general, the difference between men and women when it comes to nervousness is that women will tend to laugh, blush, giggle, um, seem kind of, you know, like this is, this is, oh my God, oh my God, you know, they'll act like really kind of cute and self-conscious about it. Whereas men tend to stiffen up and go silent. Women still seem to like to talk even through their nervousness. Maybe they're looking for empathy and camaraderie. You know, but whatever the case, we tend to smile and laugh and be self-conscious when we're nervous or shy. Sometimes we cover our face with our mouth or our hands, you know, that sort of thing. <laughs> and from what I've heard from men, you find this kind of adorable. It doesn't put you off when we're shy or nervous. You think it's cute and sweet and you feel a little flattered that we're nervous because it means on some level we want to impress you. We must think kind of highly of you. Now men who do go silent and stiff, who appear rude, who grunt out monosyllabic answers, who don't make eye contact, you know, unfortunately this comes across as an arrogant kind of discomfort. And we can't relate to that. We can't find it charming. All we can assume is that you're bored, irritated, not interested in us, um, that you can't relax or you don't want to, or that you're really put off by us to the point of having to try to conceal your anger for the sake of propriety or manners, you know. Now, even if none of this is true, even if you are completely in love with us, but you just don't have the first clue what to say or what to do, it won't matter. If we think that you're just being uh, stiff and cold and maybe a little antisocial, we aren't going to be able to loosen up around you either. So don't be afraid to show that you're nervous the way we do. Laugh at it. You know, smile, make jokes about it. Don't try to be all tough and strong about it. Just be human. Show us that charming, relatable side. And we'll find it just as adorable as you find it in us, I promise. So that's it for this episode. I really hope you're still treating yourself well and taking good care of yourself. I know it can be easy to slide back. But the steps in this guide are meant to act as a staircase, not a slide, you know. You want to keep moving up from the previous level. So take small steps if you need to, but always keep your goal in mind. Feeling better about yourself, improving your life, building confidence, and attracting a woman. And in the meantime, remember, you're an attractive, interesting person, worthy of love, and you're well on the way to finding it. Bye for now.